So this morning's scripture comes from Romans, chapter 14, verses 5 through 13. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give, th- since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us will be accountable to God. Let us therefore no longer pass judgment on one another, but resolve instead never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of another. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for that word. Thanks be to God for each one of you. And thanks be to God for this time of togetherness this Sunday morning. I'm Hannah. Um, if you talk about me, you can use the pronouns she and her. And I am so happy to be here, gathered with all of you today uh, to celebrate the season that is Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Turns out he continues to be risen. That didn't stop last Sunday. He is risen indeed. Our Orthodox friends in the Christian community are celebrating Easter today, which is a good reminder that Easter lasts a long time. Um, That Easter, in fact, is what we celebrate every single Sunday. The reality that we live in a world of resurrection. That everything that dies lives again. That change is inevitable. And that part of knowing God is accepting the everyday changes, griefs, losses, surprises, and wonder as a part of the resurrection story that's being told through our lives every day. I'm also incredibly excited because we are starting a new sermon series today, um, Disabled Jesus, Disabled Love. We are talking about the way that disabled love is known in our lives and all of the things that it can teach us about who Jesus Christ is and who God is. And I wanted to spend the first Sunday talking a little bit about why we're doing that and why we're doing that now in the Easter season, in this time, in uh, human history, in this time in our church, because I'm so excited about it. And I want us to to think together, to experience together, to worship together about why that is. So here's the first reason that we're doing this, um, is because we as a church, both the Christian church throughout human history, and we as Urban Village, our community that we love and cherish and share, has not always abided by Paul's advice in Romans when it comes to our disabled community and disabled leaders in our community. We have been a hindrance to disabled folks who wanted to be a part of Urban Village. There have been many ways in which our church has not been and is still not um, accessible to every single human person who God has made, right? And this is a, a sin that we share with the larger Christian community. Many of us, if we grew up in Christian communities, will have heard ways of talking about human bodies, minds, and souls 
that are not life-giving and not honoring to all of the kinds of bodies, minds, and souls that God has made. We may have heard tell that the only way to be of God is to have the most normal, or I would say normative, kind of body, right? And it turns out that that's not true, and that believing that is hurting all of us, right? <laughs> it's hurting all of us. So if we're going to be people who love Jesus Christ, if we're going to be people who want to be inclusive, as we say we are at Urban Village, we're going to have to dive deep into every aspect of the human experience. And in case this is something that you have not thought about before, it might not be, right? We're all different. We're all living different lives. I think this journey will be for us much like our journey as we have talked about racism, our journey as we have talked about gender, our journey as we have talked about poverty and need, that we are never, turns out, at the kingdom until the day we're at the kingdom. <laughs> we're never perfect. There's never nothing left to learn. We're always all learning and growing. Um, and that's actually a gift, right? That, that's what we call sanctification in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the idea that we might be surprised every single day by something new about Jesus Christ and by something new about how we can be a community, that's not scary, that's awesome. That's a gift, right? So, so we're gonna be learning a lot together and we're gonna be messing up a lot together. Um, and it's going to bring us closer to Jesus Christ. And it's gonna bring us closer as a community to the kind of kingdom world that we wanna build, that we wanna live in, that we wanna reflect. So thank God for that. So that's one reason, is just people in our community have experienced exclusion. And we're not gonna be able to figure out how to be a more accessible community until we talk about it, right? Here's a second reason to talk about disability um, now, is specifically, is that uh, it is um, something that all of us are gonna probably know in our personal lives at one point or another, and the church thus far might not have equipped us for that, right? So anyone who thinks of themselves as able-bodied, able-minded, um, able in the ways that the world is built for, that's a temporary experience. Many of us will experience at one point or another disability, um, because disability isn't inherent to our character <laughs> or to our personality. It's something that is a fact about the world, whether the world can accommodate what our body needs, what our mind needs in order to have access and in order to have community. And for a lot of us, our bodies and minds will change throughout our life, right? Um, and so some of us are disabled now, some of us will be disabled in the future, some of us have disabled family now, some of us will have disabled family in the future. And as we become more honest about all of our states of being, all of our ways of being in the world, we will experience disability in our community and in our own lives in new ways. And being equipped to embrace that and to understand that is gonna be a gift to all of us. Disability is a ranging category, right? So some of you might be even like, what are we talking about, <laughs> right, when we say disabled? And uh, I think we're talking about a lot of things. We're talking about learning disabilities, we're talking about um, bodily disabilities, we're talking about intellectual disabilities, we're talking about mental health, um, we're talking about the ways that the world treats us and makes our particular body able to be in all the places that we want and need to be or not, right? And some of us get accommodated more than others. And this is something that we can understand from other experiences in our life. 
COVID is a sickness that some people have for a little bit, and it's a sickness that others have for the rest of their life, right? And so this is something that a lot of us might have to learn um, in, the, in the years to come. I've been reading a lot about how right now teenagers are having a mental health crisis. And every time I read about it, I both think this is absolutely true and we need to be more honest about it and offer more resources into it. And I wonder if teenagers are simply the most honest of us all. <laughs> that maybe it's not just teenagers, but it's every age group. <laughs> it's every generation that is having a mental health crisis. And if we don't start being a community where we can say, oh, you need to go into residential treatment for a little while, can we send you a casserole the same way that we would with cancer or with anything else, right? So we're gonna learn and we're gonna listen to each other because probably a lot of us will experience disability. And so we need to learn from the people who experience it now, who have been made wise by experience, who have been made um, leaders by experience. Okay, so third, why now? Because it's resurrection, <laughs> because it's Easter. And the, my, one of my favorite Bible stories in the whole world is a Bible story that's read in many churches this Sunday. It's gonna be read in this church in two Sundays because we like to mix things up. We never like to be predictable, um, which is the story of doubting Thomas, right? So Jesus has been resurrected. Jesus has been made new in some profound and extraordinary way. Um, that a lot of people who meet him have trouble understanding, right? So this is a, a theme we see over and over again. People see the resurrected Jesus and they don't know who he is. <laughs> they don't understand what's, who they don't recognize him. Or they can't believe it because it goes against so much of what they've seen in the couple of days before the resurrection. They've experienced such disappointment, such pain, such challenge that it's hard to believe that Jesus is resurrected. And Jesus appears to a room full of disciples, the people who have been told that this is what was gonna happen like a hundred times, right? He has not been unclear with the disciples. He has told them, I'm gonna die, I'm gonna come back to life. But they still are like, no, nah, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't track for me. Um, and, he, and they're scared and they're anxious and they're stuck in the room and they don't know what to do. And he appears to Thomas and Thomas can't believe it. And so he says, let me put my fingers in your wounds. And I think an underrated part of that story is that it reveals to us something really extraordinary about Jesus's resurrected body, which is that it has maintained the wounds of his death. Resurrection doesn't mean that they went away. Resurrection doesn't mean that his experiences all of a sudden aren't his experiences, that his identity isn't all of a sudden not his identity. He carries with him everything that has happened, and it makes his resurrection no less a resurrection that he continues to carry his wounds into it. And I think this gives us a different way to think about our bodies <laughs> and, and what they are and what happens to them. And I know that because one of the first um, books that a lot of people will recommend to you about disability and God that I would commend to all of you, The Disabled God by Nancy Iceland, she talks about how much this exact image means to her because it says to her that Jesus is resurrected disabled, right? That Jesus is resurrected with a body that the world would not accommodate, that the world would not call perfect, but that God calls true and real and full of life, full of life. And she talks about how up until she had this um, experience of knowing disabled God in the resurrected Jesus, 
She had always been taught that her body would be changed in the resurrection. And that felt like um, she wouldn't be herself anymore. <laughs> she, wouldn't, she wouldn't be who she was anymore in the resurrection. And it was knowing that God was disabled that opened up to her a whole new world of what it would mean to love God, to know God, and to know Jesus Christ in her particular body. And I think the amazing thing about following a Christ who becomes human, right? This is, this is the story of being a Christian, is that God embraces human life and human body, is that whatever body you have, all bodies are good bodies, all bodies are frustrating bodies, right? This does not mean that we never get mad at our bodies, that we're never hurt by them. Um, your body is one that Jesus understands the experience of, embraces and loves, and will know in the resurrection, however you know it. Whatever parts of your body are your identity, those are things that Jesus loves and honors. And this is a way in which um, the disabled community teaches all humans, all Christians, something about what it is to live with the weirdness that we live in. The limitations, the strangeness of living in one human body that comes with it, all the stuff that comes with it, all the things you like and all the things you don't like and all the things you're uncomfortable with, all the ways you have to learn to love yourself, these are journeys that Jesus joins us in because Jesus knows what it's like to have a body, a mind, a soul. Maybe he knew what it was like to experience depression, anxiety, ADHD, trouble reading, trouble with learning math. Maybe he knew what it was like to use a mobility aid. We don't know. Maybe Jesus <laughs> had a time in his life when he experienced any of these bodily experiences that we do. And whether or not he experienced our exact ones, what he says to us is you are whole and you are holy. And I am with you in it. The parts you like and the parts you don't. And this is something we're gonna learn during this series from disabled theologians like Nancy Island, but also others. So you can always check out our Instagram or Facebook. We'll be posting lots of people, um, Reverend Kendrick, Judy Human, like all these kind of movies you can watch and things you can read if this is interesting to you. And then there's a fourth reason why we're doing this, my favorite reason of all, which is we just lived through a couple of years that have been really hard. <laughs> um, hard in different ways for different folks. And I think a lot of us have experienced for the first time um, some things that some members of our community have been experiencing for a long time. Chronic illness, loss, grief, fear, and a sense that our communities aren't doing what is necessary to keep us safe, or that they are actively angry at whatever we wanna do to keep us safe, right? That we've experienced, a lot of people have experienced that tension for the first time that disabled people have been experiencing for a really long time. And at almost every point in the last couple of years when I needed sort of like a solution to how to live in a dangerous, difficult time, or when I needed guidance about how to feel about living in this hard world, it was disabled and chronically ill people who had been there first <laughs> and who said, this is how we think about community safety, right? Or this is how we think about bodies that are vulnerable. And this is how we think about fear. And then most of all, this is how we think about love. And I want to read to you um, a quote that has been on my mind um, from disabled scholar, uh, Dr. Nicole Lee Schroeder. Non-disabled people in my life don't know how to love me like disabled people do. I'm so thankful for all my disabled friends who know how to provide care, rest, support, and love. 
Disabled love is critically different from my other interactions with the world. I really wish non-disabled people could learn to love in the same caring modalities. Love looks like remembering my food intolerances. Love looks like saying, that sucks, when I complain. Love looks like calling to check in and telling me stories. I really wish non-disabled people could learn to love. Uh, love looks like someone bustling around at home doing everyday things that wanted to call just to be with me across time and space. Love looks like not trying to fix everything and just allowing bad days to be bad. Love looks like accepting my need to isolate as much as possible. Love looks like spaces for shared grief. Love looks like celebrating our mere existence and survival in a world so set on eradicating us. Love is everywhere in disabled communities. And I thought that was an incredibly beautiful teaching about the kind of love and care that we all need all the time. And I thought the places in that quote where I have experienced that kind of love, the times in my life when I have experienced true, accepted, practical love, have been through the church. <laughs> because I think this is the kind of love that disability and a care ethic teach you. And I think it's the kind of love that Jesus Christ is calling us to all the time. So part of what we are doing these next couple of weeks is studying under the wisdom of people who know how to love and care deeply through experience. Um, and that is one reason why uh, the next couple of weeks at every single site, you're gonna hear from disabled leadership within our community at UBC. And the, for folks who are at sites that are not being recorded, we're gonna post those on the podcast. So you're gonna hear panels, you're gonna hear preachers, you're gonna hear speakers, folks who have a lived wisdom of what it is to develop an ethic of love and care that is outside of the false death-dealing norms that the world so often gives us, right? And it just so happens to line up with exactly what Jesus Christ asks of us, exactly what Paul asks of us in Romans. I think not coincidentally, almost any time we consider a marginalized community, right, LGBTQ people, black people, disabled people, poor people, the experience of knowing what it is to be on the underside teaches you something about the way that Jesus instructs us to love because Jesus said the last will be first and the first will be last. And so what we're learning this time is what does it mean to love with total care that is not based on a sense of productivity or accomplishment? What if you loved your body not because of what it could do or what it could make or what it could earn or what other people thought about it, but just because it was yours, just because it was the one God gave you? What if you were whole and holy, not because of where you can go or how you can impress, but because you are, because you are filled with the breath of life, because you exist and God never made anyone like you before and will never make anyone like you again. And you don't have to do something to earn that. You simply have to be. Because God has said to us, look to the sparrows, <laughs> right? They do not worry. They do not fret. They do not say, I am worthy because of X job. Or I am worthy because I got this small, this strong, this whatever. I am simply worthy. And that is true of you. And that is true of every part and every aspect of God's creation. So you're going to learn from way better people than me in the next couple of weeks.
So, but this is an introduction to why we're doing this at all and the ways in which I think it's going to help us as a community and help us as Christians. Thanks to Jesus Christ for all we have to learn from disabled love. And thanks to, you to disabled Jesus for being resurrected and for teaching us new ways to love and to be alive. Thanks be to God who says to us, yeah, you're going to mess up all the time. Keep trying. <laughs> and who gives us a Lord's Prayer that is about living for today and learning for tomorrow and the Holy Spirit that accompanies us through all of it. Thanks be to God. Amen.